0: Friends, welcome to episode one hundred and ninety-four of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How we doing Rob? I am exhausted. I am also exhausted. What a week of insanity. It, Holy Lord! I don't know what's It's been a slow news week. I don't think there's anything going on in the TTRPG world. I was just talking about my job. I wasn't even talking about anything. Oh yeah, no, to that, this. that's, that's fair. fair. That's
1: fair. I was yeah. exhausted. I took a nap. You came in to my house while I was napping.
0: To be fair, though, you had a cat on you, and that puts anybody to sleep.
1: That is that is that is objectively true. So. That is objectively true. But like, I don't nap before show that's not like a thing no I, do. I think that's the first time and i'm proud of you i want to say I thank, was proud you, of thank you thank you you said jealous i think that was the word you were looking uh, en- for Envious, no, <laughs> no envious no. thank envious. you envious yes envious. um we did not have a game um last week our our game got canceled yeah uh, because... unfortunately
0: sean was not feeling well, well we had so... two we had
1: one we had sean who Is a key component to your story, which we always talk about, like, don't do that, but it happens, especially if it's a
0: part one, part two. I don't say don't do that, but, like, I mean, it's just a little little two-parter.
1: But at the same time, we also had another player who was probably not going to be there because of how, uh, you know, he needed to take care of his family, which is very noble, and I 100% agree with that statement. Yeah, Yeah, Um, absolutely. And and plus just when you're in that state, walking away from that, you're still stressed. You're and, and still I'll, thinking about I'll it. I'll be dead honest too. Like this last week, my you, mental health no, has not
0: been great.
1: You have not been in the right mind frame I've on been, a regular basis, uh, so I, I
0: I haven't been I haven't been like in, you know, the the, the, the bleak area of, of, of depression, but I've been in that no. gray area where everything's just numb and I don't have any motivation for anything and nothing is fun, you know. Uh, and you just kind of exist for a couple of days and lose track of the week. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. I took self care day yesterday and stuff yep. like that, and it's the best you know, thing kind you can of do got some stuff in in order for me and um, starting up a new uh, a new we're we're going to be getting getting back into Arc just a little bit, just a, just little, a little, little bit, bit. just yeah. a little bit. Uh, so, um. You know it's that's gonna be fun having my having my friends with me again. Oh, so.
1: and uh, I got invited. Well, actually, I shouldn't say I got invited. I uh, did an interview, and I am going to be part of a uh, Red Dead Redemption RP game.
0: Yeah, you can make and it your cowboy. Uh, your cowboy RP yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: yes, uh, Hee Haw Skyrim, as people Ye- sometimes Hee Haw
0: Skyrim.
1: But uh, yeah, it's uh, I got interested through a couple of friends, uh-huh. uh, and uh, they hyped the hell out of it, and it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm really interested in the community. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm intrigued how, because you know how it is with any live game where it's kind of dm but there's a ton of people. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's those ebbs and flows of new people and story going to crap and oh, things sure, like that. sure, sure. And I'm just very intrigued to see how this goes, because it's been, this is, they're starting their third year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just some neat factors about it. I might end up doing, like, a mini discussion about it at some point to break it down. Uh, a bit more once I have a bit more information about it uh, about just live RPS in general because I do I mm-hmm. do think it fits into our show uh, I'll a little differently. Yeah, but sure. I, I, I mean, it's it's role play. It's got it's got, role, it's got yeah. a system it uses. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think the whole concept of like role playing in MMORPGs and muds and mushes, you know, text based kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. As well as role playing in other games that don't have
0: role play. Well, you and you and Overwatch uh, uh, and uh, another one of our patrons, there, Claus, mm-hmm. um, who actually is the is the person getting yeah. used into the into the uh, the Red Dead uh, yeah. uh, Cowboy uh, RP, uh, used to role play on uh, Ark as well. Yeah, there
1: was a... Gunsmoke was the name of it, and it was a full modded out uh, ARC server. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Overwatch and... has also done Star Wars in, in ARC and stuff that, yep, with a uh, heavily modded I ARC. I think
1: Conan was another one that he was in. Oh, yeah, Conan was Exiles, yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. then just a, a bunch of other ones that have uh, that he's done over the years that have been heavily modded. But just neat. It's neat to watch people who do this. And, of course, you always see... like big games also produce RP servers where they want you to RP on them Mm -hmm. as well. Like they're, they're encouraging it because they know what's going to happen. They're like, just do it here instead. Yeah. You know, and it's always interesting to see like how those communities form, how their rule sets Evolved to be able to make them supportive, so I think that might be a neat show.
0: It's funny you can actually find like a pretty healthy uh, RP community on Elder Scrolls Online. Actually, oh yeah, and yeah. Given that I run an Elder Scrolls game, you would think I'm totally into that, and I nope. just have never Not engaged least. with it whatsoever. Right, right. I just, for some reason, there's something about role playing inside of a video game mm-hmm. that bothers me. I can't reconcile the video game mechanics with the role play. Like, you tried running that, that arc thing. I did. I really did. I just... Man, I wanted to love it so much. I wanted to love it for you. But you were so, invested in the game. But I was invested in the game mechanics. And I could, again, I couldn't reconcile, like, wait a minute. I, I can pick berries from bushes, but I have to, like, role play about it. Like, not just press E and move on, you know? Right, right. And it, that, that, that bothered me on a fundamental level that, like made yeah. it so that I wasn't having fun. You know? Well,
1: and and I think there's a certain sense of people who then... Um, God, we're now getting heavily into this discussion, and we probably should but
0: effectively... <laughs> well, no, it's, it's fine. Before we yeah. slog into the BS... But, that... I suppose that's true. <laughs> um, but,
1: like, I think that is part of the fundamental issue of people getting into these RP games, and they're still playing the game. They're not in it for the RP. They're in it for the game. And I think we find that I- even in tabletop RPGs, where people are in it for the game, uh-huh. and not for... For the cooperative storytelling yeah, yeah. and th- that's a basic disconnect i mean i literally was looking at a post earlier today where somebody was like my barbarian in my campaign wanted to get into bar fights because that's what his character would do because he's a barbarian and he's always angry yeah. and the rest of the group was like why why are you wanting to get into a bar fight like mm-hmm. and I, and my whole response was number one you can always fade whenever you want to you could just be like you get into a bar fight it's the next morning okay you know, you can say you did that. On the other hand, you could also step into it a bit further and be like, "Does anybody else want to get involved with this?" And when nobody else does, it's not a scene, but it doesn't mean there isn't consequences. Sure. And you could just look at the player and say, "Okay, you're getting into a bar fight. Um, what does this mean to your character? Mm-hmm. Like, how 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 do you want this to develop? Like, do, does people start to hate you more? Is that the kind of reaction that you're looking to to pull out of this to add to the story? Because mm-hmm. at this point, this is not part of the plot. It's the part of the evolution of your character. Yeah. So." Yeah. You know, what are you looking to do that? And that's a sidebar. You have that character, you know, and they might just be, well, I just want to get in bar fights because it's fun. It's like, okay, well, that's, it's just for you. No different than a rogue going off and stealing
0: stuff on their own or a a noble going off to a party with no one else. Hear me, roll me an athletics check. Okay. 17. Cool. You do well. People are like, wow, you're really strong. Anyways, it's the next morning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and how far you go into that, um,
1: but I think that has a lot to do with people wanting to play the game and win at the game yeah, versus yeah. role play.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And role play becomes secondary to that because it's it's part of their power fantasy. Mm-hmm, N- mm-hmm. Again, nothing wrong with that. But it is understanding that you're you haven't evolved into the table. You're still playing the game by yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you, you at some point you have to uh, admit to yourself: I am not playing a game with other people at a table. I am table topping against the game and there were other people here too i'm effectively playing monopoly to win
0: yeah fair enough fair so, enough so yeah <laughs> capitalism the video game
1: yeah so yeah um things happened um our topic this week uh was is open gaming licensed by D and D? We were and one D and D.
0: Legitimately going to talk about one D and D. We this really, was gonna, really this discussion is going to take place. Like two months from now. Yeah, like, we had it on the schedule, I think, for March. For March. And it was gonna be, like, once the dust settles, and they start working well, out some of the 1D&D stuff. I didn't want to like, step into
1: this discussion, number one, without the information, and two, I didn't want it to be like, a, hey, we're getting in on the hype, so everybody listens to our podcast.
0: I frankly don't care
1: about that aspect of it.
0: I'm, I mean, I, I kinda do, but not, not like the, you know, I'm doing it for the for the views or, mm. you know, for the, for the hits or anything, but but mostly because, it, like, it's relevant right now. It's on everybody's mind. It should, is. It, it would be remiss of us to talk about it two months from now, once all the dust settles because people are like, well, who cares? Welcome to two months ago, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, wow, you guys are totally two months it's, it's, late. <laughs> it's relevant right now. and Yeah. That's, you know.
1: No, it, I get it. I get it. Uh, at the same time, every five seconds, it's, it's changing like Michigan's weather. It
0: changed literally at 1 p.m. today. Again, I, I wouldn't like... be
1: surprised if we looked right now and our podcast is old.
0: <sighs> have a sip of tea.
1: Let's get into some history so we can catch up to people who frankly have been ignoring it with their head in the sand. And I don't fault you for this. If you came into this even 30 seconds late and saw some things, you may have shoved your head in the sand, and rightly so. There's nothing wrong with doing that in this case. There are some things we need to catch you up on. There is too much. Let me sum sum up. up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back on, I want to say it was like January 6th, um, if I'm not mistaken. um, Or... I guess we can go all the way back to August. Let's start in August. So in August of 2022, um, they revealed that they were going to do one D&D. And at the time, nothing was different about OGL. No one talked about it differently. Nobody even really acknowledged that it was still out there, um, except for those people who were producing on a regular basis. In December, uh, there was confirmation that a uh, 1.1 was in development and that got leaked on January 5th. By January 8th, Third-party publishers were already up in arms. There was already kind of a, a fervor building... Uh, from the followings as information was being disseminated through specific YouTube channels
0: yeah. and Discord groups and Reddit. It was getting to the point where it was like, oh if, if on January 5th it was like, oh these are just leaks. Everybody calm down, you know, mm-hmm. this might not even be true. It might not be substantiated. By by January eighth it was like, okay, this has actually has been confirmed by like the CEO of Kickstarter, I think it was, yes. and like a couple other places. And and where it hadn't been confirmed refuted from was wizards and it
1: still hadn't at that point and so the hashtag open dnd became a a a uh hash and and tag point which opened up the door um the 1.1 uh got shown around uh and compared against the one oh a uh there was a lot of dismantling of its text and talking about aspects of it gone into heavy legal briefs uh, that that various uh, people got into over the course between literally, I would say, January 8th and up to as, as early as I want to say, what, three days ago? Four days ago? Four days ago, mm-hmm. where speculation and fervor grew. And for... And still, no communication whatsoever in the D&D forums, uh, through any of the formal channels. Uh, As far as we knew from the publishers who had already had existing contracts and were working on contact, Mm -hmm. there was nothing being said. Now, granted, probably most of them had nondisclosure agreements and weren't allowed to talk about things that were going on. And those who did pretty much had broken ties at that point yeah uh yeah. and we're, we're going through and to that degree i think that's dangerous for certain groups to do even from a business standpoint to, to basically ignore an, uh, an nda and step out into the public and make a statement but i think some of them felt relatively safe in the company that stepped out mm-hmm. uh, of others who had done that um if uh if you're interested there's plenty of links out there oh my god there's so many yeah um So what we do know about uh, some facts that came back from the open D&D letter um, was that there was a lot of concern um, in the way, because again, there was no one at that point talking about what the 1.1 meant. It was literally just the community at large reviewing legal text and making decisions based upon what they're reading. There was no one confirming or denying this. And to to the best degree, that kind of is the best way to review it, because in 10 years, the guys who craft it aren't going to mean crap.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: going to be whatever's in the document is what is in the document. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so they were looking at it from that regard and trying to get a legal brief, and words like non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide, sub-licensed, of, the, of royalty-free content for any purpose, of your content, Yeah, scared the crap. Rightly so. All of those words are terrifying when you're like, what am I? What am I?
0: I'm not even signing anything. I, I mean, I'm I just accepting. I don't speak lawyer, but non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide, sublicensable, royalty-free license to use that content for any purpose. Sure, sounds a lot like your stuff belongs to us, and we get to steal it whenever we want. I think
1: that's every word you need as a le- in a legal sense. Yeah. And again, I'm going to put this out there. This isn't a contract. This is the OGL, it's an open gaming license which requires you to basically accept it to do a thing. So, that's a that's contractual language that you have to sign off on. That's there's money there. Mm-hmm. There were also like uh statements about um how much royalty you would be charged. In there as well, which was terrifying because that's never been in a an no jail And when monies are changed, m- monies change hand again. That's contractual. You have to agree to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like you could put in a eula. Oh, by the way, by clicking accept, you also owe us five dollars on your birthday every year. Oh yeah, yeah you, yeah. you you can't do that. And in this case, they were saying if you make more than seventy seven hundred and fifty thousand f- uh, dollars, gross, not even profit, gross. gross
0: yeah. You owe us twenty five percent of that, which is more than highway robbery. Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously more than now, highway robbery. Keep, keep in mind, for those of you who don't speak math, because yeah. I didn't, I had to have this one explained to me, yeah. um, is that uh, when you're talking about gross profits, okay, yeah. so you're talking about all the money that came in, that's not net, okay? Mm-mm. Net means, like, okay, I made 50 bucks, but it cost me 40, uh, 40 bucks to make the product, therefore I, I netted $10, Correct. okay? The gross of that is the full 50, so if... It costs if I bring if if I bring in fifty dollars worth of sales or whatever mm-hmm. I have grossed fifty bucks. If it cost me forty, but you're still taking twenty five percent of that fifty, I'm losing money. Correct. Because I'm only netting ten, but it's but you are taking 12 twelve and a half. Yeah. So and it has cost me two and a half dollars to make this product. And and those who were tied into Kickstarters were getting
1: a decreased rate on that. But I think the other part of it was the OGL originally didn't require you to talk to wizards in any way. All you had to do was say that you were using the OGL, use some of the content described in the OGL, and it was pretty much assumed that at that point that you had agreed to the rest of the language of the OGL. Mm -hmm. With this, like, they expect you to release them that fund information because you're in the OGL. Again, contractual kind of things with no contractual communication. Which is ridiculous in my mind frame, mm-hmm. um, and then it went on to talk about virtual tabletops not being able to operate because again they wouldn't be able to use any of the content.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Because they wouldn't have control of that content, and it kind of commercially allowed D and D to own all of that, which would be like Foundry, Alchemy, uh, Shard, all of those groups. Fantasy basically, grounds, yeah, yeah, would not have, would not be able to produce content. Even related. Mm -hmm. So all of this kind of scared literally the bejeebas out of everyone. Um, And again, there's, I would, I'm not even going to get into the detail. I wrote some notes about how there's some questionably illegal things like them revoking the 1.0a, which literally states in the 1.0a that they can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yet they're going to do it. Because they had, it was not a longer authorized. That they just right. deauthorized yeah. it suddenly.
0: It seems to be what they were banking on is that there was, it's like, uh, it stated that like under an authorized version of this OGL, you right. have these certain rights to do what you're doing. Um, and they, uh, there was talk that they were going to be using that word as a legal loophole to say, well, it's no longer authorized. Right. This is the replacement. This is the replacement. It's no longer authorized. Therefore, it's null and void.
1: Where, where in fact it. It can't... I mean, 20 years after the fact, you you can't do that. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. there's some legal step... Like,
1: uh, it's, it's a little questionable, to say the least, and uh, pretty much wouldn't stand up in court. Uh, and what was funny was, is there was even statements within Wizards' own FAQs about being able to use any version earlier that they had released. Not even talking about authorized or unauthorized. So, they, in their own words, on their own site, released by their own people reneged on everything anyways Mm -hmm. and that's out there that's still out there keep that in mind yeah um so as it stands there was a statement that was eventually made um i won't go through the statement there are plenty of videos that tear it down word for word and go into it um and there's plenty of people who talk about it in different ways but if you look at it on its face value they came back and said we heard all of this oops let us confirm that we'll not be releasing the 1.1 as you saw it. Those those were drafts. Those weren't the final legal things that we were going to release. Yeah,
0: well, there's... There's problems with that whole it was a draft thing in the first place, considering they sent it out with contracts to be signed Correct. by creators. You don't do that with drafts. You do that with final copies of a contract.
1: It's a contract, and yeah. that's confirmed at that point. Yeah. that They're going to say that the 1.1s that they released were contracts. They weren't what was going public. Oh, we, were,
0: we were just workshopping. Right. Um,
1: and that they were looking for commentary from those specific groups. Well, if they were, why didn't they ask, Mm -hmm. which they didn't do.
0: And why Um, didn't any of those groups come out and say, yeah, guys, this is all just, uh, you know, give us feedback thing, like
1: calm down. Exactly. Which not a single group ever said that, nor was it ever addressed that way. Um, And it it went into some other, for lack of a better term, gaslighting of the community um, and just some really poor language. Um, I don't know who wrote it, but it sure as heck wasn't a legal person and nor was it a good PR person. Um, it was a very, very mashed up, uh, non apology about what they were doing.
0: Um, that didn't go over well. I'll tell you what didn't go over well. Like the the at, at up to a certain point in their statement, in that that first statement that they made, um, I was, uh, you know, I was I was kind of making a, making a rude gesture with my hand, you of know, course. A, a dismissive gesture, as sure, you, if you sure. will. Um, and kind of going like, yeah, okay, it's a bunch of corporate speak of like, blah, 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 you're, you're outraged and mass canceling your D&D beyond subscriptions, so yeah. we're trying to put out this fire now, um, but the point at which I literally, like, felt rage, not a lot... Not a lot. On a scale a little, of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, I would say the flame of rage in my heart burned at about a three and a half to a four. Okay, okay. Which was more than it was before. More than
1: dropping, uh, you know, your donut, but uh, less than wanting to punch the person yeah, in the room. Was,
0: I was very annoyed by all this, but not surprised because capitalism's gonna capitalism. There's too many people but at involved. at this point, the flame of rage flared up in my heart when they were like, you're gonna hear people say oh, that they won. That's only half correct. We all won. Buddy. Buddy. No. Is is this really the play you want to make? Is this really the play you want to make? Yeah. And they're like, we understand that you're scared. It's like, we're not scared. We're pissed off. Did you not read that we're terror? We're we're anger. Yeah. This is all rage. This isn't fear because like, oh, change is bad and we don't understand it. And you just need to explain it to us a little bit more. This is like, we know what's going on. We see what's going on. And we're all angry about it. Yeah. You know, and man. We're not consenting
1: to your abuse. We're not scared. Exactly. We're
0: not consenting.
1: Exactly. Um, and that's the whole thing about an OGL is it's about consent. It's not about, it's acceptance and understanding. And there, there's, there's more to get into that. Regardless, a second statement was released yesterday. Today? No, no, there, there still was. No, it was yesterday that they released the statement, right? Yes, the the continued conversation. No, um, that's
0: today. That was at like one p.m. today. Was that today? Man, the news cycle is moving so fast. I fell yeah. asleep. It was yesterday
1: yeah. for me. So <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> he it was slept yesterday. And for me. now it's today.
0: And, and yes. now it's today? That's how life works. Yes. Um, I
1: had a long rest. <laughs> yeah, he took a long rest. <laughs> and, so yeah. It's screwed up your entire spell cycle. Yep, you know, just, yeah. yep, yep. But they made another statement of like, hey, uh, we're going to listen to your feedback. We're going to make a channel and we're going to start releasing these to you guys so that you can review them and we can go back and forth and discuss these things. And we're
0: going to use a survey format very much like how we've been using for 1D&D. Now, that sounds great. And they set out some provisions of, like, these things are off the table. Like, we're right. not doing the royalties. We're not doing the perpetual we get to steal your stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: We're your being v- very your obvious. Your are untouched. Your YouTube channels are untouched, like... Yeah. Ginny okay. D, you can keep making content. Critical Role, you can keep making content. Like, Not that they oh, don't already okay, have contracts, cool. sure. Thank you for saying it. That's yeah, a step great, forward. great,
1: great. Your trust is getting better, but so no. So here's
0: a couple mm-hmm. couple problems, and like D&D Shorts uh, has been breaking a lot of news on this. Which um, they
1: did again, holy which, lord.
0: Which he did again, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, first off, one of the big problems here is, in in their statement, once again referred to it as the draft OGL. And, again, it's like, stop gaslighting us. It wasn't a draft. Okay? We've been over this. Yeah. You don't mail out drafts to be signed with NDAs and et cetera, et cetera. You know? Correct. All right. Second off, your feedback forms that you want to solicit feedback require a d and Beyond subscription to input. Yeah. So – you All put us, it behind a paywall. You basically put your feed, our, our feedback behind the paywall. And uh, so now if we want to have any say in this, we've already canceled our subscriptions. We have the choice of coming and crawling back and then hoping you listen to the feedback. And therein lies the third issue with yeah. this. Yeah. And this was broken uh, shortly after. Um, so D, uh, D&D D Shorts is a YouTube channel that's been breaking a lot of this news. And he's got... Um, apparently a reliable source on the inside that's been leaking him information and uh, basically got a, got a, an insider statement that said, yeah, the reason that they're trying to funnel all of your negative opinions into an internal survey is not because they're actually going to read them because they won't. It is because it gets you to stop posting it on Twitter and Reddit and other social media and put it into their internal thing and you do your venting there and then they can just quietly chuck it in the in the trash can and you think that they listened to you right if they can get you to vent on their site you're not doing it on on broadcast social media that tweet was deleted was it?
1: I just went to go look to read the Lego it. This is how fast this crap is moving. This is, okay. I'm, I'm going to go see it. Keep talking so, about it. Okay. I think the that's
0: tweet is So please take what I just said, point number three of it being chucked in the bin and not listened to, with a grain of salt. Apparently we cannot substantiate that. It is something I heard. It is a rumor at this point, but please take it with a grain of salt. By the time this podcast goes live, to those of you not listening to it on MixLR... Uh, that may have contradictory information.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, we're literally researching on the fly. I don't think we've ever had a topic we've had to research live like this. Yeah.
1: We're just do the survey under the table. Okay, I'm literally live reading tweets. I hate doing this because I feel like I'm stopping everything. Um, I'll, I'll read it just because this stuff yeah, literally hit less than an hour ago. Go, for it, go uh, for it. Today I passed along information regarding the UA survey collection at Wizards, which is what we're discussing now, right this now. Who is this, who's this? Who's this? This is D&D Shorts. This is D&D I'm D&D sorry, Shorts. I should have okay. clarified yeah. Yeah, that. That was just released. I was told this by two inside sources, both by whom had been verified by multiple people, that one D&D playtest materials were not being reviewed. However... Uh, and he gives a citing, a former VP at Wizards of the Coast has come forward and stated that written survey material under his watch was checked and was reviewed, and others at Wizards of the Coast have verified this. So I think the earlier statement that no one looks at those uh, things was was where he was speculative he, and reactionary. Right. And... Um, I now have two groups of people telling me two different things, both of whom I trust. Okay. Okay. Um, everyone I have spoken to uh, to speaks highly of the design team and of that previous executive. Um, those who passed this information made uh, made a point on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've contacted my sources from uh, from the comment, uh, but uh, they spoke with absolute confidence that these sources were real. But these are also people. Sure. Um, and people can hear different things. But hearing it from uh, Ray uh, Winninger, the previous exec, makes me believe that my context may have been mistaken on this point. I am glad the survey element thing was something to be hit uh, on differences, uh, but everything else I've... I've been, uh, but everything else... Around everything else I've been told. Um. So, yeah. Basically, he... Uh, he pulled his commentary on D&D Shorts because he got new information. Yeah, sure. Um, Which, again, I think that I will say that that speaks back to the common point of of verification and how fast this kind of stuff is going i think it's great that he instantaneously editorialized mm-hmm. and removed content and put his informa- you know put fresh information as fast as possible great yeah, job yeah, D&D yeah, shorts yeah, yeah. We appreciate that Um, way faster than I don't know, a mega corporation who can't even put out a single tweet saying we'll we'll get back to you in 10 seconds, you know, give us a right, right. give us a give us a turn, you know, to to take a breath.
0: Yeah, Um, Yeah.
1: But it is it is not surprising um, that this is part of it, and and I, I guess as we get farther into this, we're we're gonna start going into our own personal thoughts. Um, but that is the speed at which this story is moving. Mm-hmm. That we're getting very little information from D and D, um, Wizards or Hasbro. All we have is the words that they said uh, as far back as August, where uh, where or back in December, where they said uh, D and D is under monetized, and then suddenly we have all of this stuff coming coming together yeah. that is in un- not disputed and the things that are, are are in dispute is whether
0: or not it's a draft or not well t- i mean and that that's that actually i'm glad you brought up the under monetized thing because that's actually one of the other leaks that hit this week yeah was and i think it was again it was uh it was dnd shorts that uh, that leaked this it may may even be the same same sources he's using on the inside there mm-hmm. um talking about uh their monetization structure that they're that they're thinking about putting in Yeah. Of like 30 bucks a month for D and D beyond access for players. Yeah. Uh, and at your base, uh, uh, your base tier of, um, of subscription level, you can't make homebrew stuff. Yeah. Like Like, pulling that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not available today. Yeah. 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 yeah, I
1: literally, uh, I, I will flat out say it. I did unsubscribe. I I will explain my reasons why I unsubscribed. I did too. Um, and where that came from, but the moment I unsubscribed in December, when my subscription, uh, lapses, I will no longer have access to any of the homebrew items that I had created for mm-hmm. my campaign. I better have my campaign done by December. Now, the first thing I did was print PDFs of all of my characters. Immediately, because yeah, I didn't want to yeah. lose anything on the off chance that I don't know someone DDoS D and D D&D Beyond into the ground.
0: Right, right, Again, right. Again,
1: a possibility based on the rage that's out there. Please, um, please, please don't please understand don't, that as a don't suggestion. Don't do that. That is not a suggestion yeah. by any means. it's um, not even a good idea in general. Um, but uh, the the whole point of it is that um, it it will be limiting. I will be going back to a base level account in D and D Beyond. Um, and I won't have rights to do a ton of things that anyone would. Yep. And that's tragic as hell. Yeah. I mean it really is. Um I don't know. I, I, I think we can start at this point I feel that we we've explained the situation. We can Our start current ed- editorializing. We can start talking about our personal thoughts. I I will say this uh, before we get into it, is that um, if you are confused about where things are at, the truth of the matter is this, and this is is the dead facts. Number one, OGL 1.0a is still in effect. DM Guild has been unchanged. If you're producing content or thinking to produce content on DM's Guild, go right ahead. Mm -hmm. That is all that functionality is still in place. Nothing has changed in either of those places. There is a lot of community communication going on, a lot of communication uh, frustration and ire. Is the community galvanized? No. Is everyone hostile in some way? Probably. Um, and I think that's going to be the extent where we push this discussion. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to affect D&D, or one D&D, without a question. Oh, sure. Um, sure. So let's, let's talk about the OGL and about that and how that's affected both of us um, on a personal mm-hmm. level. And then I think we should go into, at that point, what... What's going on in the community, and then we can give some final thoughts. Yeah,
0: I, I kind of. So first off, I, I want to start off by kind of issuing a disclaimer because, um, I, emotions are running very high right now. Sure. Uh, for for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Um, I've engaged a little bit in some online discussion and like got a comment downvoted into oblivion for sharing what, basically the opinion that I'm about to share tonight. And it wasn't even it wasn't even my opinion. It was I I said I thought the original poster was correct. On someone who shared my opinion, <laughs> you know,
1: so let me get this right. You shared your opinion on an opinion sharing site, and someone didn't like your opinion and stated so, and then told you you shouldn't share your opinion, yeah, okay, I was just being clear about that, yeah, okay,
0: yeah, okay, My opinion was wrong because I told I was telling them how to have fun, um
1: but that's your opinion,
0: but that's my opinion, yeah, uh anyhow, yeah, emotions are running really high right now, and a lot of people, a lot of people are probably going to understand some of these opinions. Shared, especially f- I can speak for myself. You can definitely speak my yourself. my opinion on this may come across as your fun is wrong. I wish you to understand that that is. I look, you play your games, play whatever games you want, play however you have fun. I'm not telling you you can't play D and D, or in fact, you shouldn't play. Like you should quit D and D over this. Because of the outrage or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I wish you to understand my opinion and my stance on this matter as an impassioned plea from a caring friend mm-hmm. who sees an abusive relationship in practice here. Yeah. Who sees your partner, your your game partner,
2: mm-hmm.
0: lying, gaslighting, abusing, changing the terms stealing from you and being remorseless about it and also not communicating with you truly and then gaslighting <sighs> you again that they'll that they wouldn't do it and then that they're just going to go ahead and do it anyways you know that sort of things uh and ultimately i mean we'll we'll get to the finer points of my opinion there but um i i i wish you to understand that that my opinion comes from a place of good faith
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that when i when i get to the point of saying y'all need to walk away from D&D. That it is not a... D&D is a bad game and you should just be angry about it and quit having fun with the toy that you've been playing with. This is, there are much better options out there that will treat you nicely and Mm -hmm. buy you nice things and tell you you're pretty and still respect you in the morning. Okay, do it. Y'all need to quit playing (sighs) D&D. Um... I mean, look—it's been no secret for longtime long time, listeners of this podcast, that I don't have the highest opinion of Dungeons and Dragons as a game system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you and I here on Storyteller Conclave, um, we've got kind of a brand. We do you know? we we've also spent three years studying systems. Well, sure, but even <laughs> even before we walked into this though, yeah. we both kind of had a brand, okay? We did. We did. And I mean we've got to fall somewhere on the spectrum of 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 where we enjoy tabletop RPGs. Simulationist, narrative. Exactly. Tactical. Exactly. And look, there are so many ways to enjoy tabletop role-playing games from simulationist all the way up to completely narrative where dice barely ever hit the table. Or not at all. Or yeah. not at all, you know? Um, and you and I always kind of lean narrative. We do. Um, I lean a little more simulationist than you, mm-hmm. but, but barely. Yeah. Um, On the grand scheme of things. So, You know, but, but we've, we've tried to keep the podcast, um, system agnostic. We try to address, um, storytelling tropes, you know, from the standpoints of like world building, how to, you know, uh, make good story beats, how to tell horror or romance or, you know, various things like that. Um, how to build up a big, bad, evil guy, uh, you know, all sorts of things that help a better story, Mm -hmm. not help a better system you follow. Correct. So and in I mean the name of the podcast, Storyteller Conclave. It's not, you know, Game System Conclave. It's not OSR Conclave. Yeah. It's Storyteller Conclave. Yes. So understand that if you're listening to this podcast, you already kind of understand that our brand of, of game system is more narrative. Mm-hmm. Y'all gotta stop playing D D. It is objectively a <sighs> difficult cagey system to use that is only good for exactly one style of storytelling. I've said that before and I will continue to stand by that opinion. And at this point, the company is outright mistreating you, you know? And if, if you're looking for an excuse to not continue with this. If you're looking at an excuse to break away, you know, if you're one of those DMs that's like, well, I want to change game systems, but my my group won't. This is the excuse you've been looking for. This is that signal. The the, the beacons have been lit. Gondor calls for aid. Hit RPG right now. Pick up a copy of Savage Worlds. Pick up a copy of Blades in the Dark. Pick up a copy of Mothership. Mm -hmm. You know, pick up a copy of just about anything and give it a try. Take a look at what else is out there, you know, and maybe, you know, if you have gone around and played the field, if you have seen what other things are out there and, you know, and and, and D&D is your jam, that's fine. Like, again, I'm not here to tell you how to have fun. If that is your flavor that's your flavor. I played d and 5th edition for a long time and I, you know, enough to form opinions about it. And I did enjoy a great amount of that time. You know, I'm not saying I never had fun with it, mm-hmm. but at a certain point I realized that it was not doing the things that I wanted it to do. And I was fighting it more often than, it, than not. You, know? you were always having to adjust. I was always having to adjust something. And it was always stressful for me until I switch I just had enough of it and I switched systems, mm-hmm. you know. And I haven't had those stresses since then. Um but I, I suppose this message goes out a little bit more to people who've only played D and D,
2: you
0: know, who uh who don't know what other options are out there. And I think, you know, once a month, we try to show you a different system. We try to show you as our, our system spotlights. We try to tell you a little bit about what else is out there, what other options out there for for telling stories and having a fun time with the game. Um, so we do, our own, we do our own little part there. But if you're still with, you know, D&D is your only game. It's your first game, and you're hesitant about moving to a different system. Um... You know, this this is this is your chance, this is the excuse you've been looking for. And if unless you start playing other games, you know, you're like that person who who married their high school sweetheart, you know? And I'm just again, I I is an impassioned plea from a friend who cares about you and wants you to have a good gaming experience. I'm worried that if you stick with D D at this point, you will get the false impression that this is how game companies treat their employees or treat their treat their players, treat their community and it's just not like that anywhere but D&D you know there's a lot of other great game systems out there and they will not jerk you around like this and they will not bilk you for 30, 30 bucks a month if there are better options I urge you to go explore them that's my rant good job Thank that was you. very succinct.
1: I think you did a great job with your disclaimer being about the same size as your rant. That was fantastic. <laughs> I expected your disclaimer to be 100 percent larger than your rant, and it just being "stop playing D and D, walk away."
0: Thank you, thank you for coming to my TED talk. I'm sure I'll jump back in. There's 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 a couple other points that I've I definitely wanna, I want to make. Definitely. But like the other, I think the other point I wanted to make was about Pathfinder. Yeah, um, and, well, and well, just, just essentially that, like I I keep seeing people in the community going like, "Just play Pathfinder, dude," and it's like. Ah, uh, yeah, that's one solution, but like switching up D and D for Pathfinders like is like saying I'm not drinking pop anymore because Pepsi bit me, so I'm switching to Coke.
1: I mean, so here's here's my hot take on things. I'm gonna start by uh, I'm not giving any disclaimers. These are my opinions. Take them what you will. Um, I've played D and D since effectively second edition. Um. And I didn't start with d and I started with Palladium, which is, I will say, by all accounts, harder. Oh, it is. It um, is. Without a doubt. Um, so D&D felt like it was easier. And as I moved through it, I I was fortunate enough, I think, during the 3 to 3.5 saga to actually playtest D&D and go through playtesting. Um, so I knew what it was like to, to futz with systems, especially going from 2nd edition and 3rd edition and 4th edition, um, how shitty that could be. Um, and, and how challenging it is. And seeing 5th edition um, in, its, in its current form honestly was kind of refreshing. It really was. Um, I think there was a lot of us who looked at it and said, shit, finally I can start playing D&D again after this crappy 4 debacle that existed. Now we have something that is leaning at least in the right direction to be able to have a system. And then to have after years, and I can honestly say that, years of 5th edition existing. To have this dropped in front of us at a community level where, where a large base of the community is saying, stop it. Walk away. This is the time to walk away. Mm-hmm. I could easily see the people around me going, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got things and stuff and friends invested. I've made friends because I've played D&D. If I stop playing d and I'm going to lose friends. Because they're going to keep playing d and because they don't know anything about this. And for me to walk up with a tinfoil hat on and say, don't listen to wizards, mm-hmm. they're crazy, we need to switch over to Pathfinder or something else, they're all going to look at me like I'm nuts and go, yeah, I'm going to go roll some D20s and move on with my life. <laughs> Why? Why? What?
0: Oh, it's the way you said don't listen to wizards It sounded like some old crackpot. Like like, like they're talking a... about actual wizards, not how right. wizards the... don't listen to wizards. Cats can't be trusted. Dogs can't look up, you know.
1: <laughs> birds don't birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. Yeah, but like that's that's the whole thing is is that you will sound like a crackpot to a large portion of the community. Yeah. And yeah. for people, and I saw it across the net where people go to their local gaming store, they got into D&D because that's what was there. The other games aren't there. Sure there might be Pathfinder there, but like all the other content is D&D on the shelf. Everything is. Cuz that's what gets filled into those stores because it's easy to workshop or floor plan, that kind of stuff, into a store. And most local gaming stores are going to be pretty damn small. They're going to have Magic the Gathering and other Wizards of the Coast Coast products. D&D has been around forever. People have, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to mean it. D&D, if I went looking for PDFs and hacked books of it, I will find them. Mm Mm-hmm. If I went to go look for hacked books of Mork Bork, it is going to be very hard. Now, should I do that? No. I should go to drive through DriveThruRPG and just pay for it. But we all know access problems. Mm-hmm. And if the one thing that's available at the library is D&D, even if it's old D&D, that's what I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. Because I can, right? If I go to play any other game, I don't know what I need for it, but I can go to the library and get the, check out the book for D&D's Player Handbook for 4th Edition and learn, mm-hmm. and then 5th Edition and whatever. I'm not going to find... I might find Pathfinder, if I'm lucky, at the right store, at the right libraries, but the whole point is, is accessibility. So I get where people are coming from from that, and I get that sense of fear about change, the yeah. hemming and yeah. the yeah. hawing of... I can adapt for this because there is nothing better for me. This is going to be a painful change. This is going to be a hard change. This is this is no, and I'll I'll bring it back to your your abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. If I'm not working and my partner is caring for me as far as food, shelter, maybe health insurance, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to find all of those things on my own. Yeah. Yeah, I may also lose all my friends because he's the one who knows everybody. Yeah, he's the one who's social. Mm -hmm. Now I have to step away from all of that to start over again. And you're asking that of a, I'm going to say it unquestionably, uh, objectively non outgoing group. Yeah, well, especially D and D players. And that right there is terrifying to ask, so I totally get the resistance. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%, I feel for everyone out there. What I am going to add to this is this. D&D is looking for money. There is the only way that a corporation looks at this is by money. Tracing back the line, you can pretty much easily see that Hasbro executives were ignoring the bottom line of Wizards of the Coast until it was made obvious to them by their shareholders, asking the question, why isn't Wizards of the Coast and... Uh, particularly Magic: The Gathering showing up as our bottom line. How are they even performing as far as Hasbro is concerned? And when those words got uttered, and they said, "I eh, mean, they're making money." How much of that chunk of money that's other are they? Mm-hmm. And they went eighty-five to ninety percent of that, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" So more than a quarter of the bottom line of Hasbro is being made up by this little company that you haven't talked about. Yeah. Okay, that sounds ridiculously under-monetized. Let's go show that on the sheet more. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what you're doing with that group. Because if that's making money, let's push it. And then suddenly, we have all this stuff happening for Magic the Gathering. Suddenly, they're buying D&D Beyond for hundreds of millions. They bought
0: D&D Beyond for more than they spent on Wizards of the Coast. TSR, yeah. Yeah, sorry, when 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 they bought TSR, yes. Correct. So, the whole concept that they're spending this and then they're
1: dropping stuff on new movies. We all know where the D&D movies went back in the day and trying that crap again. They're spending oodles of money of marketing on all of these different areas, all these other focus points to monetize them. And then we hear about 1D&D, the one sole location that you can come to get all of your content. Their game store effectively online. And the idea that pushing digital content will give them a move away from books, which are expensive, and more content. Why do you think every D&D Beyond subscriber is constantly getting more and more digital dice? Because they want you to stay there playing online, in their store. They're going to give you hats and other things for free, which is easy for them to do. They can push that content every day of the week, right? But it's to keep you there so that you have to stay online to get your content. I know more than enough people who've paid into D&D Beyond subscriptions and don't have the physical books. All they have is what's online. Now D&D Beyond will tell you that you can, you know, load it on your tablet or on your phone and download those books to your phone and now you can you can look up whatever you need to reference wise but you tell me anyone who has a phone or tablet big enough that they can actually read in front of a group of people and use as a reference to fill out character sheets, were they offline? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Also, the thing they don't tell you about is you have to log into your D&D application. Mm -hmm. So, kind of makes offline usage a little useless. Um, Regardless, that still puts it to a one-click shop, which any audio file worth their nut will tell you that is that is the bane and death of your whole archive. You can't trust someone else with your digital content. If you plan on having any kind of ownership. Mm-hmm. And so that right there, when they start stepping down this path of total ownership, tells me that they're going to take that route. And now I, I am at risk of having my games be literally at the whim of whether or not D and D beyond and D and D decides to be up or whatever level I pay at. Right, right. So I pulled my subscription to basically remind them that, number one, you're already charging me a lot to have me and my friends play. I'm willing to take that burden mm-hmm. so that some of my friends can play and enjoy the content and books that I have available to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you're saying that won't be available to them. They will have to pay, too. Yeah. That is unacceptable. Yeah. That is where I'm drawing the line. If I am willing to build a dungeon for my players, do not make me charge them to look at my dungeon that I have paid for. Yeah. It's that simple. That is where I
0: draw the line. Like, for me, like, we, you and I especially, I mean, we grew up on, you know, playing pen and paper RPGs. That's what they used to call them. Like, to, we didn't use even use the term tabletop. Nope. we We called them pen and paper RPGs. Yep. You know? And because that's how we played them. Yeah. You could... My, I would, we wouldn't, uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked back back in, the olden days, <laughs> back in the olden days, um, we had, uh, you know, you'd have to go to like the library and like 10 cents a copy in their copy machine, like literally had a coin slot on it, you know? Um, and when you couldn't get that done, you would just write up a character sheet on a steno pad, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I remember doing that for my palladium characters. Yeah. Um, and I mean... Damn it! If you're gonna, sh- you know, try to take everything online and try to take control of our game like this, and then charge us to use it, like, <laughs> no, that, that's okay. That's okay. You can you can just keep your D and D Beyond. I will go right back playing pen and paper. Exactly. I, I will do it. I
1: see no problem with that. And if you want to continue doing that as your game, got, I've already done that because Savage it. Worlds
0: doesn't have you know. There's no. There's no Savage Worlds Beyond. It's exactly you know, <laughs> so. What my 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 extension of that is this, and this is this is not me telling
1: you to cancel your D and D Beyond subscription. I think that's a term that you have to come up with in yourself. But to base off of what you were saying earlier, and where my take on this is, is if you have thirty years of gaming experience, the answer there is not to stay eating, che- uh, you know, the cheeseburger of r- r- RPGs. Mm-hmm. That is what D and D is. D and D is the cheeseburger of RPGs. So. We just found out that burger is tainted and is suddenly going to go up in price. Okay, that's going to make it expensive for everybody else. Maybe after eating 30 years worth of cheeseburgers, all we're saying is go try a different restaurant. Have some Thai. Maybe get some noodles and company. (laughs) Have you tried shawarma? Have you been to shawarma? It's really amazing. Take a drive. Try something new. And you, the good news is this, if you're already using D&D Beyond, that means you have internet access, mm-hmm. which means you can go to Drive-Thru RPG, which means on any given day you can find a sale and buy something for a third of the price of a and d book to try it out.
0: Oh my god, the number, like, you and I buy books from d- uh, RPG all the time, because we, well, at least once a month we're doing a system spotlight, and we pick up the, the book off of there to to look it Agreed. over. And, like, the number of books that we've gotten for, like, less than ten bucks. Yeah. Like seven dollars and fifty cents for this full color PDF yep. you know like
1: yeah, and um that's indexed and... and all I'm saying to that in a, in agreement with you is that there are other things that you can still use the same tool sets, the same knowledge that you have from playing d and d and go play. I honestly don't care if you go to Pathfinder, give it a shot, it's something different, but at the same time, try something lighter than d and d, yeah. Try something heavier than d d yeah. try, try the One Ring. It's great. It's,
0: it's amazing. It's really,
1: really it's cool. Amazing. If you were willing to go from 3.5 to 5 or 4.5 to 5, then you are fine moving systems. If you've done this for 30 years, like some of these people are like, I've been playing games for the last 20 years and I've, I've I'm played, not gonna change I've played everything from 2nd edition. You've played from 2nd edition. Boom. Right there. Boom. Which means yeah. you've actually played four different games. <laughs> and probably hated at least one of them. They all have the
0: same label on them, but I guarantee you changed changed up game mechanics constantly. So don't don't give me
1: this shit that you didn't change game mechanics and that your friends don't know how to change game mechanics. You're a bunch of freaking liars. Yeah. And for those of you who just started in D&D, guess what? You just
0: started playing Monopoly, and Parcheesi is right there. Yeah, you learned that one just fine. I guarantee, like, most game systems are actually easier to understand than D&D. And and, 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 and don't give me. And and the other part of
1: this, and this is my old man kicking in now, and I'm going to start, this is where I start, twitching is you play online games Mm -hmm. which have different mechanics for every damn one of those do not tell me your friends won't switch games i assure you not everyone is still playing halo ce yep nobody's playing well i shouldn't say no one's playing halo ce but that is not a thing no one is still playing what was the predecessor to animal crossing there's a whole series. Was, was there a predecessor? Well, I mean, well, was, I mean Animal spiritual, Crossing. spiritual pro- predecessors to Animal Crossing was like, you know, we have everything. Harvest else. Moon. Harvest Moon. Still, yeah. Nobody plays Harvest Moon. They yeah, play it's the new thing. Stardew Valley. Now. They, yes, they play Stardew Valley now. Yeah. That is not the same game. It does not have the same mechanics. It doesn't even have the same buttons. The, the The RNG is completely different. You switch all the time. Don't do not give me this crap. You switched from Instagram didn't exist the entire time. Come on now. Don't even give me this. You're all flexible. Your minds are completely flexible. Yeah. Move on. Yep. Yep. You're that's just... my old man kicking in. <laughs> so if you're going to argue with me about, aren't you hard? No, you guys change all the time. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Put in a little bit of effort and change. But realistically.
0: <sighs> Do it for you. That's the thing. It's like, we're, it's, yeah. none of this affects us. Like, that's fine. Whatsoever. Play, play D&D if you want to. Like. We're we're all However sitting here we're it. all sitting here saying quit do quit D D but No on, don't on, honestly like it don't. doesn't it doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter. If D and D is your flavor, please understand this is just an impassioned plea from two old grognards who who yeah. who love every member of our community and wants you to be the best storyteller you can and have the best gaming experience you can. And our experiences tell us that shopping around and understanding different game systems and and seeing what other game systems have to offer makes you a better gamer, makes you a better storyteller, and shows you what options are out there. And I mean, take me as a success story, you mm-hmm. know? I had a D&D 5th edition game and I was I thought I loved it. And then I read Savage Worlds and was like Oh this does everything I'm trying to do better yep. and easier yep. with far less stress. Mm-hmm. And there were some growing pains, there were some scary moments when I first switched over. I'm still having some growing pains with it when I'm trying to get myself out of my D&D mentality and into running Savage Worlds like yeah. it sh- like it's intended to be run. You know, but like I feel like my game is better for it and I feel like every player at my table is happier with Savage Worlds. You always learn by change. Yeah. The only I'm going to say it Say, D- it, Rob,
1: D anD D and any good role playing. Let, let, I'll focus on D anD D. Yeah, D anD D is about the challenge. If there was no challenge, the game would suck. If you never had a challenge, if you never had a point where you were, uh you, you didn't, you didn't have to roll dice mm-hmm. because there's no CR rating. You're just better than it and you bowl through it. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. You're not playing heroes. You're playing gods, and nothing matters. So sometimes you need to have a rock in your shoe. Sometimes you need to have a stuck door to make you take a little different path. And that will always, always, always teach you something. It may be uncomfortable. It may be frustrating. It, it, It may be painful. But at the end of the journey, when you return back to what you were actually doing, maybe not even the tool you were using or anything like that, you will have learned something. When your hammer breaks and you end up having to finish off, you know, or or better yet, when the screw gun that you're using dies battery-wise just as you're trying to put a screw in and you end up grabbing a screwdriver and using it, it is painful Mm -hmm. to try and get that screw finally put in there, you know, because you're trying to get your IKEA stuff together. And you sweat, and your arm hurts, and you recognize one thing. One, I will never screw something upside down on my back ever again. (laughs) Because that was the dumbest thing I've done. And the next time you go to do it, you're like, I'm not doing that. That hurt my hand for three days. I am not doing that. Oh, jeez. Two, I'm old, and I shouldn't be putting IKEA furniture together. (laughs) And three, I'll charge my damn batteries. But it's a learned experience because I did something different. I tried it differently. So that's all I'm saying to this. Get a little uncomfortable you'll yeah. be amazed what it does for you and how much it can expand your horizon
0: yeah yeah I've, I've got nothing else do you do you want I, I I know we, we've, got, we've got we've got questions we rambled a bunch of other stuff on here but I feel like we kind of made our point no I, I think we I literally we have a whole page we have a
1: full page of crap on here about the about community and what's going on yeah and for lack of a better term. Like, we could, we could, we could review what's going on in the community and wax poetically about what we believe is happening. But the truth is, the loud people are loud. The scared people are scared. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're scared at d and D. I'm not using that one. I am going to say that they're scared of change.
0: They're scared of change, yeah.
1: You know, and that there are people saying, just shut up and let me play my game. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know. La, la, la. Fingers in the ear. Just let me roll dice because I don't use D&D Beyond. I use paper. I don't care. Sure. That's great, but that's all just us guessing I don't want to drive the fervor of the community that's yeah, not yeah. where I'm going where I wanted this discussion to go i'm I am honestly excited at a very low level to see what one d and d becomes after all of this because it's gonna be different
0: yeah that's that's actually something we we didn't we didn't even mention is like on the non d and d front there's a bunch of other ogls there's uh,
1: ogls there's open systems that are going to come out of this
0: yeah uh the biggest the biggest thing i think i'm excited about is the uh uh, paizo spearheading what they're calling the orc sure um i I forget what that's called what, what, what what that stands for um but uh the orc the orc is um it's an open it's it's a system agnostic Open gaming license mm-hmm. that they are spearheading. Uh, in fact, they, they said they don't. They don't even own it. It actually currently belongs to their uh, to their law firm. Correct at the um, moment it does. Yeah. Uh, at at the moment, yeah. and they're still like we we realize we own that. So, you know, we, we own that law firm. You know, or well at least it, it, they're a client of them. They're a client of but them, but they're
1: making it very clear that the lawyers that are working on it are also lawyers they do not pay. Right. Right. So in um, that sense, it is not one hundred percent in their control.
0: But other companies like Chaosium and Green Ronin and Kobold Press have already signed yeah. on with it and stuff like that, which I think is um, great. And uh, what they're going to be doing is essentially, uh, once they finalize this, and they will be bouncing it off actually with legitimate feedback. Sure. Um, and once they've got it refined, they're going to, the, the law firm is going to pass it off to a non-profit to keep it safe, very much like the Linux Foundation. Yep. So basically, they're writing this OGL and then chucking it out the window so not even they have their hands on
1: it. Right. There are no, there's nobody's hands in the till. Everything's transparent from that point out. Yeah, exactly. So I, nobody can ever bend it to, for their own yep. gains. And those who have open core licensing who are signed up for this basically will have that same set where it's like, here's my core. Is mm-hmm. If you publish this core, enjoy yourself remember that at any time we can all basically say you're not allowed to have it anymore because you're doing terrible things with it Yeah, yeah. you know but we're agreeing to that we're all agreeing to that what's funny is I started seeing people and it made me kind of happy in this and say well well, why didn't like powered by the apocalypse do that do you understand that that's Kind of what they've always had? <laughs> like, yeah. have you looked at the chart of
0: games that they have? Which, which powered by the apocalypse? the apocalypse? Are we talking about Apocalypse World? Are we talking about Dungeon World? Are we talking about Apollyon? Are we talking about Blades in the Dark? Are we talking, <laughs> you know? like Which,
1: which one?
0: Are we talking about Urban Shadows? Yeah. They- <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the whole point is, is that there have been
1: plenty of systems that have done this mm-hmm. already and that have been successful. Yeah. They're just not loud about it because they're not making money off of those titles. Yeah, exactly. I they're- think it's grand, but... This is going to open up the door, and I think it's going to change 1D&D and the way it looks at itself as well as everything else that competes around it. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. That's good. Yeah. I think in the end, this, this, this first quarter of 2023 is going to be a shakeup that will start a ripple effect of events. Um that hopefully will open a lot of doors for a lot of other companies and bring people into seeing other games because even if ten percent of the d and d community leave and go to play something else, that ten percent will run games, and mm-hmm. that makes me happy to know that more people are running games, not less, yeah, and those games are different, yeah, absolutely that's great
0: and and hopefully hopefully those people that move to other game systems are gonna see that you know what those other game systems have to offer and yep. And be we are,
1: I'm going to flat out say, I'm not going to discriminate from anybody talking about their D&D games or anything like that in my channels, because it's still a story that you're telling, and sure. we will support storytelling.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, by all means. Do not, that do means, not like, look, feel that it, our yeah.
1: Discord does not, and by the way, nobody in our Discord has been negative in any way to each other about this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do, please, please do not take the content of the show as, disc, as D&D is persona non grata in our, you know, in our Discord or anything like that. It's by all means, it. like, by all, um, like, we're, Yeah. We are system agnostic. Yeah. Like, we will still we talk- want you to play different stuff, but like if D&D is your jam, then yeah. okay, cool. Well, we'll recommend if it. You're like, and again, it's about the story. Yeah. So, it's about the story.
1: Yeah. We're going to help you through it regardless. Yeah. Alright, uh, we do have some questions. We actually had some in the live chat as well that I want to bounce back to, but let's start with the ones that we that we got beforehand before, while this was evolving, right. which
0: is great. So, uh Nevamas, in fact, we were just talking about this. Yeah. What, are, what alternative exists uh, other than the Wizards of the Coast OGL? So we talked about the ORC coming up. Which just up, hit. Spearheaded by Paizo, but also, like I said, signed on by Chaosium, yeah. Green Ronin, Kobold Press, and one or two others, And I'm yeah. uh, at least at the time that I saw it. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. I did see that Free League yes. is doing their own. Yep. And there's actually a prior art
1: um that came that was a, around at the same time as the OGL that some old systems still use. So there okay. is a okay. yep. there is an OGL that is more public mm-hmm. that's out there as well. Um that people could still use. So 100% accept. Um what's the difference between D&D 1 and D&D 5th edition? So D&D 1 uh, if we talk about it on a mechanics level, we don't know a lot about it. We know that some of the um, the basic uh, structures of D&D 1 have been posted uh, within um, uh, Unearthed Arcana uh, through various forms, um, that there are some fundamental differences between 5th edition and it. Uh, there was some flushing of... Um, backgrounds and the way that those are getting populated uh they changed up some of the classes or not classes um uh races because they now have made them um species species Mm -hmm. uh and changed, which is better which arguably better better. and they they kind of streamlined it even more like when they streamlined elves into elves Mm -hmm. you can be any of these things with
0: but choose your points where you want them kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. they did the same thing with um There's far more em- emphasis on backgrounds in character creation now because yeah. your how you were brought up um and what like what professions and stuff that you have in your background are far more influential into how your character turned out than what your species or ancestry is.
1: It it feels like it's a stretch toward um starts without number where you build... Oh, was it Star Wars that number? Or was it... Sorry, or I'm trying to remember the system uh, where you build your backgrounds until you don't die and or stop. Traveler. Traveler. travel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, brain is bad about this today. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it, it feels... You were, you were
0: at least in space. I uh... was in space. It was a it's, space one. You're
1: good. Um, but yeah, the whole concept of building up your background, I would really love to see D&D push that a little further where it's, like you could just keep building backgrounds, but it keeps adding age. Yeah. And that affects other things. I think that would be fun too. Yeah,
0: that would be great. Um,
1: or even just a, a, an additional like... Uh, rule set for that Mm -hmm. you know the the grizzled old fighter can be a thing yeah you you take two you have to remove two points
0: worth of attributes but you have like four backgrounds now Well, yeah you you took you took that as a hindrance I did in uh uh, in in my savage worlds game you took the elderly one it gives you like what six extra skill points but you but it it, it reduces your speed yes uh by one inch and uh uh, your strength strength is reduced is also reduced to die type yeah
1: but I, and, and I think that's just a fun mechanic, but it also allows you to really
0: build who the character is. Yeah. Um, this so, is a great role-playing moments, too. Yeah. Where like every, You're in a chase scene, and your character's just like, <gasps> Just go on.
1: Just, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I I think between what we know right now about D&D 1 and the mechanics of the system, I think they are leaning more toward narrative, which kind of is the direction that 5th was sl- starting to take. Yeah. Um, oh arguably, you know, other systems have handled that better in a lot of ways, but I think they're learning to see what characters are, what, what players are making out of characters and trying to make that work. And how much of that is leaning into story and how much that is leaning into advancement. I would be, I would not be surprised if D and D altered advancement as well in D and D one.
0: Um, I, I I wouldn't go as far as saying, I think that's going to happen. I think it, it intrinsically there's still going to be a class-based, level-based system, and I don't think a lot about their advancements going to change. Okay. Um, that's I, just I, me. I, I, I'm,
1: I I'm mean, not going to put money on it, but I would say I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know that I would go as far as saying they're moving towards a more narrative uh, uh, system, because I, I still don't think that's true either. Well, I you think know? narrative inclusive it's, it's is what the, I'm saying. The three pillars of d d is combat! exploration and social um but but combat you yeah. know the three pillars you know yeah yeah um i mean we still know that in 5th edition
1: you can't make health potions really <laughs>
0: How do you make health potions? Look it wrong. up. Wrong. <laughs> Whatever
1: you thought, you're, wrong. you're That's, wrong. That is legitimately not how the mechanics work for it. For a system that literally relies on hit points as its
0: primary tool. It's d- damn near impossible to gain proficiency in an herbalism kit. Because yes. they're not classified as artisan tools. Correct. Uh, um,
1: all right. And then we have... Uh, what are the links between D&D1 and the OGL? All right. So... Beyond D&D 1's mechanics, we're talking about what D&D 1 means for it as an accessible point and what it means within the D&D Beyond system. And that is, is that D&D Beyond is going to kind of incorporate a, for lack of a better term, um, homebrew System because you'll be able you'll have a VTT that's inclusive in that you'll have your character sheets like every it's it's kind of a non a one stop shop you'll effectively for those who remember Neverwinter Nights um the digital game um it's kind of going to be Neverwinter Nights online that you'll be able to have in a VTT sense and that sounds really cool because you have a VTT that is 100 linked with your D and D Beyond account and all of your access and controls and you'll be able to do You know, you'll be able to just drop in whole, you know, adventures with maps and everything ready to go for you, uh, and it'll be wonderful. But the moment that you start homebrewing anything into that, uh, changing up encounters, maybe bringing your own um, uh, STLs over from. Dwarven Hero Forge, Forge, uh, which they said was already going to be linked. They said there's going to be a few of them. Those minis are now within their system, and by being within their system, we own it. They will have rights to show off, display, play around with, whatever. Yeah. Um, and in essence, sell without putting a price tag on it uh, because it's part of their system. It's within their content cluster. Yeah, that's
0: that's honestly the thing that makes it, I think, most uncomfortable. And that's where the OGL
1: really has meaning because that OGL is basically a user agreement that they're you're going to click okay to because yeah. you're putting content into their system any they're going to be you like
0: your system is ours now yeah. yeah
1: is that you've agreed to use the ogl which means you also can't be racist or cur- you know any of these other things while playing in our system because you've made content within here and this is the eula the ogl eula that, mm-hmm. it, that supports that um so in that sense and also with a core rule change and this is the other key point that most people have kind of ignored if D&D 1 is under the new 1.1 1. 1, it means you can't use 1.0A's rules with the core SRD standard rule set for for 5th for D&D 1. Yeah. You won't be able to put it in your own book. You won't be able to publish things without fully accepting 1.1. So anything that you want to uh, produce as additional content, be it adventures, be it a whole new world setting, without you agreeing to the OGL, you won't be able to use that new core rule set, which will be different. You'll be stuck at 5th edition, yeah. Correct, correct. Um, And they may even say that with 5th edition, you now have to do that. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of within their their bailiwick to be able to do. Um, but I think they're going to apply it to D&D 1 and beyond. Yeah. I think that's where they're going to take their stand, and I think that makes the most sense.
0: Uh, I'll let you take Hulu <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I, I, think, I think I'm most qualified for this one. Hulu asks, uh, do you have any suggestions for converting D&D 5th edition campaign into a Pathfinder 2nd edition campaign or other system? Uh, I don't have any advice for specifically Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I don't play it. Don't particularly care for it. Um, However, uh, into other system, and this possibly applies to Pathfinder 2nd Edition as well, what I will say is this, is that the key to converting an existing campaign from one system to another is to not try to line mechanics up. Mm -hmm. Okay? Don't try to go, okay, well, this character has, you know, this spell. What's the analogous spell on the other side? Okay, this character had this ability. What's the analogous ability on the other side? Look at the core of the character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Try to make them narratively line up. Okay. So when we were converting over, and I will take Rob's character, uh, Theodane as an example. By the we way, thank you for getting a... the name, right? Oh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Rosencrantz. Guildenstern. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So when I uh when we're converting over his character, uh you were a cleric. Yes. Um and I believe you were a life domain cleric? Yes. yes. Okay, so life domain cleric, um sixth or seventh level or something like that. I think yeah. it was sixth level and we were going to be leveling to seven, but we just moved to Savage Worlds yeah. instead. Yep. Um and you had you used to make like heavy use of like spiritual weapon um, mm-hmm. and spirit guardians mm-hmm. and such of that as spells. And when we moved over, <coughs> initially you tried to kind of like you so you took a an arcane background because mm-hmm. obviously you wanted spell casting. Yep. Um, we did yours as uh faith mm-hmm. um rather than spell casting mm-hmm. to keep that cleric feel, and then uh you took a certain set of powers that were kind of analogous to the, your main grind spells yep. that you used to use all the time.
1: Yep. Um, effectively kind of turning them into, a, for lack of a better term, a Savage Worlds Paladin. I had yeah. abilities. Um, I had my, effectively a spiritual weapon, mm-hmm. still around. I had, I tried a spell that effectively did... Uh an effect damage around me.
0: Yeah. It was like an immolate spell. Like it created a damage field on your body. So anybody adjacent to you. Would Correct. Damage. Uh,
1: and, and tried to continue with that with spirit guardians, uh, which didn't effectively work the same way. Cause again, mm-hmm. my mind was still wrapped around D and D, um, and, uh, healing, which was a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I think overall, the and this is coming back to what the way you were saying it was is that it was always better to go for what does your character feel like when they play? Mm-hmm. Like, give me a description, not a mechanic. Yes, and I think yes. that worked out way better, and it also allowed me to
0: then shift my mind frame about what my character did. Yeah. And, and I think that was the important part. And, like, I also want to, like, use uh, Rigar as the other example. Perfect example. Um, it, because, so, like, when we were running 5th edition D&D, one of the problems we were having is that um, some of our characters felt pigeonholed by the system. Because it is class-based um, and because you need certain stats in certain places to make that class <sighs> work mm-hmm. and actually function at its job, you know, you end up with the big dumb fighter just simply by the virtue of the fact that you need your high stats and strength decks and con to function as a fighter in 5th edition. Mm-hmm. And so you almost can't, unless you're rolling stats and you roll 4 good stats, you can't have a smart and or charismatic fighter. You run into the compl- complication then that also that, like, intimidation is now a charisma check. So you're telling me the full plate fighter wielding a gigantic you know, glass long sword uh, or a great sword that stands six foot two uh, is not intimidating as the bard is simply by virtue of the fact that he had to dump charisma as a stat, mm-hmm. you know. um, So when when moving systems, it's your opportunity to kind of free yourself of a lot of those confines that the old system put on you. Yep. OK, so when moving to Savage Worlds, we had the ability then for he was like I want to take the fame edge. It simply wasn't available to me before. Mm-hmm. But his background was like folk hero or something, mm-hmm. you know? And so he kind of wanted to play up that like, no, people know me. I'm I'm a uh, am a I'm a grassroots hero and actually turned himself into a formidable like charismatic person who can do quite a bit of talking as long as he's talking to blue-collar people you know yeah um and then and he acts as a really great counterpoint to thalian who is our noble high class who who rubs elbows with high class people but not but not working class people yep you know yep and the two play off of each other very brilliantly and such like that and you have these opportunities in breaking out simply because you're looking at the concept not the actual character's attributes yep
1: um I, I I can't say it any more than that. I think you... I, I agree. And I, I think that is true for any system. Mm-hmm. Um, especially ones that are, are theme agnostic. Yeah. Now, to yeah. that point, I'm going to step to another question. Um, which kind of went... Which in our live discussion went between uh, Overwatch and Hulibu, uh And that was... Um, uh, Overwatch had asked the question, can I keep playing D&D and just support them... Uh, or never support them or their money... Um, or, or give them money? And the answer is yes, you can continue playing D&D and loving D&D. That is up to you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulavu was saying that uh, many of the players want to move away from Wizards of the Coast products like D&D Beyond, but they don't want to learn a new system. I'm going to challenge you, Hulavu, on this one, because one of the things um, that is intimidating about moving to a new system is making sure that you have investment. And I dare question to ask this is that if you put to your friends or your group hey i know we've had this huge debacle with uh with D, &D and you guys kind of want to move away from that you guys know lord of the rings right we've seen the movies some of you have read the books can we try the one ring Mm -hmm. you're already pulling the investment of things that they already have attachments to they have visualizations they can go see the movies, they can read the books, they oh, can sure. go right into it. Sure. Same thing with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk uh, has a video game associated with it.
0: Weaponize the hype train. I have never Correct. wanted to play Legend of the Five Rings more than after, after, I, uh, after I platinumed Ghost of Tsushima on the PlayStation. Exactly.
1: So, <laughs> so you, if you're looking to help your group move out of one system to another, number one, if they're already interested in moving, you're halfway there. If they're only scared about learning a new system, the easiest way to get over fears is with excitement. Mm-hmm. Show them something that they're already interested in and or you are interested in, which always helps. Again, being interested is one thing, but having a follower is another. Yeah, That first follower will first draw follower. other people with you. Yep. So um, come back to that. Find find the other person in your group that you can sell to, uh, and suddenly you will have people like, you know what, I really wasn't that interested, but you... You know what? I I think I could play a halfling. I I think I could run around in bare feet and 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 throw rocks at things mm-hmm. and see what I can do. You know, sneak a little bit more. You know, um, and be a real burglar. You yeah, know? right on, right you on. You know, sign up with them dwarves. Um, and and try that. Try that angle. I I challenge people to do that, uh, especially this year. I mean. Maybe that's a good thing to put forward this year after all of this stuff that's been going on and all of the feelings that's hit the table since this first quarter. Maybe that's the key this year. Play a different game. Run a different game. Yeah. Even if it's just a couple sessions. Try it. You may be surprised how much either A, your group likes it, or how much they hate it and why they hate it, and then Maybe. Use that
0: information Should... to find a new game that they may, that right. they may like.
1: And move through. Try.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: there's so many out there, and drive RPG is just inundated with so many great ideas out yep. there. And yep. there are so many indie games and small package games that are single sheet. Go play a single sheet game. Just fit it in. Mm-hmm. Just to show your players that they can do it and that maybe narrative is better for them. Or go freaking grab you know mork borg and play something hardcore yeah you know just put the doom soundtrack on and exactly yeah. and just drive into it and and see how people are like oh god i've i've killed three characters in one session hey when the doom music kicks in man <laughs> that's you know <laughs> things happen <laughs> but give it a shot just just give it a try i think you might be surprised with how much change you can do and how much that can teach you And that's my soapbox
0: okay Thank you for coming to our TED talk.
1: So, that being said, <laughs> our next week's topic is about uh, power curve. Yeah. Um, and specifically, we're talking about uh, games that have a curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difficulties when. Proficiency bonuses, and advancement really just negate difficulty. Yeah. What and do it, you
0: What do you do with that rogue that never rolls under thirty two for their stealth? You right. Know? Right. They've got a plus
1: twelve. Right. A what straight
0: you, up plus twelve. What do you do with the with the with the bard who can't roll under twenty five for persuasion? Right. Or
1: you
0: know, <laughs> or your are straight up assassin
1: mm-hmm.
0: who literally like they pull out their bow
1: and God Something love them dies if they if they hit which is pretty much assured that thing is obliterated. They're mm-hmm. basically firing trees at whatever yeah. the target is. Yeah. And people rule stacked like that for years
0: yeah like i'm good at this one thing but i'm so damn good that it just doesn't matter yeah. so but you know it, it it does present a lot of a lot of uh, like i say balance issues and such like that for and in complications of like how do you adjudicate that sort of thing how do you how do you present challenges to these characters uh in in a meaningful way and, and how what,
1: what? and i'm gonna put this right out because it just came up in our live chat
0: how not
1: to nerf them
0: yep how not take to take that them. nerf bat and throw it yes. stop using your nerf bat stop nerfing your players when they're having fun we will get to all of that next week but in the meantime in the meantime in the meantime you can find us you can find us on twitter <laughs> at st underscore conclave you can find us on instagram at st underscore conclave listen to us live every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave and uh, join us up on our Discord. We would love to uh, hear from you. Uh, hear, you know, what new games you're exploring. If uh, you're still going back to D&D, shoot us some questions. Uh, just join the conversation. You can find that link on our Twitter as well as our uh, website, StorytellerConclave.com we'd like
1: to thank our patreon members who support us every month and help us through all of this especially our name members Knox, in the box subject sam the arcane asylum sparkle motion veteran hula and sean we really appreciate that our pre-show music is by arcane anthems you can find them at patreon.com slash arcane anthems or on instagram our intro music is beyond the warriors by Geefrog. you can find that at keyfrog.bandcamp.com or on google music and our outro music which you're hearing right now is only our footprints in the sand by midair machine you can find them at freemusicarchive.org
0: And a big shout out, as always, to our families, Vicki and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. Thank you. Our friends who've sat with Sutter Tables all these years give us these great stories to share with you and you. Every single one of our listeners, we love you guys so much. Love you guys. Good night. Good night.